Muscle Radio, Kansas City's talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anyone who loves rocking the driver's seat. From barn fresh to concour ready, Road Muscle Radio parks the latest news, the greatest views, and the biggest names in rolling thunder right in your ears. Let's welcome your show hosts, a freelance automotive journalist, auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, and owner of a sweet 1960 Corvette and a smoking 61 Impala, Brett Hatfield, and 30-plus year radio veteran, author, playwright, lousy singer, and lover of fat and freaky American classic cars, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's put the pedal to the metal. Road Muscle Radio is on the air. It's Road Muscle Radio, where you can find us at roadmuscleradio.com. Our website's getting prettier and prettier by the day. It's all your fault. It's, it was a shiny coat of paint. Remember, I can't weld for Jack anything, but uh, <laughs> I can paint stuff, and I'm, I'm, I'm making you're it look doing, pretty. You're doing a fine job. I take back some of the crap I said about you. <laughs> and don't forget Road Muscle Radio on Facebook. Stop by. We're posting stuff every day, uh, having a lot of fun there and getting some great feedback. So uh, do listen, do join in, and you can find our podcast, you know, where you're listening right now, and just about everywhere else. Stitcher, uh, still working on iTunes. I do. I'm, my I, little I, knuckle, I'm going to pop that right in the I, forehead. I looked at it earlier today. You weren't there, but we're going to be there soon. Going to be there soon. They're being feisty. I'm going to have to get all Southern Missouri. Well, that's, that's Apple for you. That's what I'm talking about. Well, we've. Uh, I, I don't know about you. I, I've had a great week. It's been busy as heck. Plus, I'm getting ready. By the time the show is out, uh, I will be in the Rocky Mountains at Rocky Mountain National Park up north of um, Denver. I am envious. Brian Park. Oh, it's beautiful up there. I threatened beautiful. to stuff my wife and your. Uh, you meant what? <laughs> <laughs> threatened to stuff myself in your wife's suitcase. <laughs> I, I I promise I'm not stuffing your wife. Oh, dude, it's it's just the boys this time. It's me. And, Is it really? And my best bud out of Columbia, Missouri, and my son. Oh, cool. Uh, Very cool. We're going to go up and they're going to climb high, high mountains. I'm scared of heights, but I'll do some of the lower ones and trails and eat food that's burnt over a fire. But it's a great time to get out of town when it's hot and muggy and everything else. And Colorado's gorgeous this time of year. Absolutely. And uh, you could probably stand to decompress just a little. How's it been been in the Corvette driving around? Uh, Especially we had a little bit of a cool front come back. Come through this past week. I got to tell you, that thing, you put the top down, you drive around the block, you feel like King <laughs> Stud of the universe. It's a, it's the cure for being a regular guy. Yeah, you want to talk about therapy. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, you know, this, this is a, – A, I can't afford to pay a therapist because all my money goes into old cars, and B, I don't really need one because I got old cars. So, so, I think so it's a, I think it's a win-win. We both had good weeks, and now let's check out the week in news. Get your brain in gear for what's going on. Time for What's News on Road Muscle Radio. All right. Well, uh, we're starting to see some of the effects of the collector car market cooling. Mm. Uh, we've been seeing them for a while. You know, uh, after the housing bubble burst uh, and the economy started to come back a little bit, collector cars went supernova hot. You know, that is absolutely right. In 2008, if I just just bought a car right then, uh, oh, my God, I could have had the, the one I wanted. Yeah, but hindsight's 2020. Yeah, and how, <laughs> how did we know in 2008 it looked like the four horsemen of the apocalypse yeah. were going to show up on your front door? And, and they are. They came right back up, just like you said. They, they did. And stuff that was cool for guys our age, you know, anything oh, yeah. uh, from your 30s to your 50s. 
posters that you had on your bedroom wall when you were a kid, that's all the stuff that got cool because suddenly these people are adults. They have some disposable income and they went out looking for it. And the guys who had a lot of disposable income went out and found the Countaches and the 308s and the 328s. And they found all the upper end stuff that was out of reach, the Porsche 930s and all of that. And it all went supernova. What I've been watching uh, this the past couple of months, especially on the uh, the different websites, uh, Bring a Trailer and also Sports Car Market and American Car Collector because I write for them, is the 930s are really starting to come down a ton. In fact, stuff that was selling for $150,000 or more, you're starting to see sub-$100,000 down in the Whoa. 80s and 70s. Wow, that's 30, 50%. Yeah, and I'm real glad I'm not, I'm not one of the guys who bought at the market peak. Right. And those guys are probably just dying inside. I would be. But the market does have some bright spots. Classic trucks, classic SUVs are still hot. Nice. Uh, We're still seeing uh, the Chevy C20s and C10s are going well. And the K-Series, the four-wheel drives, Blazers, Broncos. And on the off chance you can find them, the the Dodge SUVs and you just – you never see those because those things rusted out so hard. And I know they're near and dear to your heart being Mopar stuff. Absolutely. Uh, also, weirdo things. Early to mid-80s VW Rabbit GTIs have suddenly gotten really hot. <laughs> what? Which, yeah. I, 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 what? That's <laughs> like a gremlin being sexy. It, it kind of is. It's, oh, yeah, it it's is, really actually. odd. And you're starting to see those things in the mid to upper teens. Uh, someday the Chevette's going to make a comeback. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe not. I, I, I won't saw, hold my breath. <laughs> I, I will have to go back and find it. I saw a video clip of a, of a big block Chevette this weekend. <laughs> That's so wrong. It, it, it seemed odd to watch that little black bubble of a car with the great big... Big block exhaust oh, note. Oh, wow. That's like, you know, feeding uh, steroids to a gerbil. <laughs> that's just, that's uh, so wrong. Uh, any, okay, anyway. All righty. So okay. at least the, the VWs are. Uh, so we're seeing a little bit of, uh, of some different stuff in the market. Also, we talked about this briefly last week. Wagons are starting to find a little bit of traction. And I think that's for hot rod guys who have kids or junk or whatever and want to take it with them. They're available. You know, you're looking at the ones that people didn't want to buy, like how the more doors yeah, yeah, started yeah. to gain in popularity because it was always about two doors and you could get a four door for half the price with twice the doors. Sure. And now all of a sudden they're all hot. Why? Because they're what, they're what's available. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, when all the, all the best stuff is gone and it's stuff you couldn't <laughs> afford anyway. <Yeah. laughs> you start looking at what's close to it. So that's what we've got for a brief pseudo market report right there. You know, I think uh, for the time we have left, this one thing I, I came across this week I thought was really funny and cool. Speaking of old school, uh, Tesla has another technological breakthrough in their uh, their computer system in the vehicle. Oh, really? Yeah. Does it have an exhaust note? Kind of. They're playing Atari games. You're, You're going to have Atari games in the computer system of your Tesla. So are we talking Atari 2600 or the 5200 later? Well, it's according to a tweet from Elon Musk. He sent it out on August 1st, and it said, and I quote, some of the best classic at Atari games coming as Easter eggs in Tesla V9.0 release in about four weeks. Thanks, at Atari, exclamation point. Now, which one does he, is he, he didn't even specify exactly which ones are coming, but he's hoping for Tempest. 
Missile Command and Pole Position. Oh, Missile Command and Pole Position. <laughs> of course you would. Oh. <laughs> now, I, I'm trying to imagine somebody doing oh, 140 dude. down I-70 and trying to play Missile oh, Command. Oh, it's got pilot. Who cares? Just, oh, what was I thinking? Yeah. Forget it. They, they, and he's talked to other game developers and is hoping that more will come in that can, and I quote, integrate the center touchscreen, phone, and car and the car's IRL. So, uh, you know, they, they, this is in a Tesla uh, to play Atari. Now, how many times have you heard me bitch about drivers not doing everything but driving when they're in the car? Well, I guess if they're playing that one, they will be driving. Well, <sighs> so to speak. Hey, anybody get a, uh, can anyone get a message through to uh, Elon Musk? I want to know if he'll talk to ColecoVision. I'd really like to play Pitfall again. There you go. That's the latest that's uh, been coming up in this week. There's so much more. Be looking for it on Facebook and also on our website. Now, coming up next is an interview with Jonathan Klinger. He's the Vice President of Public Relations at Haggerty Insurance, and he's a heck of a classic car dude. And I also know him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Stories coming up next on Road Muscle Radio. Welcome back to Road Muscle Radio. I am Brett Hatfield. I'm here with my co-host, Catfish Groves. Woo! And with us today is John Klinger, Vice President of Public Relations for Haggerty Insurance and also a former Director of Development for the Auto Restoration Program at McPherson College. Yeah! Woo! And uh, also somebody I went to school with, but we won't bring Uh-oh. that up any more than we have to. <laughs> that is a separate episode. Oh, look, putting Augie please, Bush's kids through college. No kidding. Can we please keep that out? Just keep that under wraps. John, how you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Brett? Oh, just terrific. I'm glad to have you on the show. Um, I know a lot of your history, so it's. It's always difficult for me to make sure that we introduce you to everybody properly and everyone knows where you're coming from. I met you when we were both in the auto restoration program and business program at McPherson College. Can you tell us how you found McPherson College and got interested in the auto restoration program? Wow. that's uh, um, Yeah, so it was the late 90s when I was in high school, and I knew I wanted to do something in automotive. Um, but that was, I, I just liked cars. Um, I, I grew up in a small rural area. A lot of my family is in farming. I was very fortunate to grow up being exposed to that and helping on the farm. I wouldn't trade that for anything. And so I've always had a interest of anything that had an engine in it. And that morphed into liking cars, that morphed into liking old cars. And it was, um, I saw an episode of my classic car with, Dennis Gage back in the days when that was basically the only car show on TV, that and Motor Week. And Dennis Gage did a, a segment on McPherson College. And I think that episode was in 97 or 98. I can't remember exactly. And uh, I, I watched them like, oh my gosh, there's a college that you can learn how to restore old cars. I didn't write it down. And I, but I went to the guidance counselor at my high school that next week, and I said, hey, there's this college in Kansas that has an automotive restoration program. I'd like to learn more about it. And she got back to me a day or two later and said, I can't find anything anywhere. I'm not, what? She, she basically <laughs> was saying, 
this place did not exist. And I'm like, no, I saw it on TV, I swear. And then just as luck would have it, um, about six weeks later, uh, someone, a family friend, knew that I was interested in old cars. And there was a just a little side column story about the restoration program at McPherson College in USA Today. And uh, they had sent that to me. And I said, that's the college. And I took it to my guidance counselor. <laughs> and I said, here's what I see. I told you so. And uh, from there on out, I uh, um, just pursued it myself. And so I, I applied at McPherson College for the restoration program and then also another automotive program at a different college that was more geared towards uh, a career in, in what we know as the modern automotive industry. And I was accepted to both. And and I just decided I wanted to play with old cars. So that's Yay! how I chose my person. And, I, and I'm really glad that he did because John and I wound up being friends. And uh, John was a lot smarter than I am. He got out and got into an automotive career immediately. And I decided to go be in the construction business. For 15 years. Building garages. Yep. Well, for nice cars. For, for stuff that John owns. <laughs> for, John, yeah, for John's cars. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I, I need a good garage. That was a heck of a garage, by golly. <laughs> and John was so sharp that he wound up being the director of development for the auto restoration program at McPherson. And uh, can you tell us how that happened? Uh, you know, that was, I, I like that, especially when I talk to current students now at the college, I, I always tell them, be open-minded, and because sometimes the, the last thing you expected will present itself as an opportunity, and it might end up being far better than what you thought you had planned out, and that's exactly what's happened to me twice now. Uh, it, so when, when we graduated, um, I, I actually had an internship lined up with through Scott George at the Collier Collection or the Revs Institute down in Naples, Florida, world class collection. Uh, some of the best race cars, some of the best unrestored vehicles, and in in one of the most amazing uh, facilities. And and I can tell you from being in the insurance industry now, it is there is no more hurricane proof building that houses cars than what the Collier Collection is. But that again is a different story. I've wondered anyway, about I had, that. I had, I had an internship lined up there that summer. So the summer after I graduated, there wasn't any end date. It was with this mutual understanding that if things worked out on both sides, it, it could turn into full-time employment. On top of that, uh, I have a great aunt who's still living that winters in Naples and ha- has a one block from the beach condo that I was going to be able to stay oh, in. She is a great aunt. Yeah, no kidding. She's an Rent excellent aunt. <laughs> Rent-free. So these, are, these are important details. Remember, That's your really great aunt. <laughs> internship, world-class collection, Naples, Florida, rent-free as a 21, 22-year-old college graduate. Oh, that's insane. And then, and then I oh, get no. all of a sudden this opportunity to go back to Kansas to work for the college that I just graduated from. Versus Naples, Florida, and it was a very excruciating decision. Um, but basically, yeah, no kidding. Uh, I, I, I came, I came down to uh, it was a newly created position, director of development. So basically, fundraising and promotion, specific for the restoration program. Unbelievable. And the the selfish reason that I took that job was I saw it as a. Uh, great networking opportunity that right. whether I stayed at the college long term or short term, it would lead for b- 
bigger, lead to bigger and greater things, and and also would get me at a lot of great events and meet a lot of great people. And and, and I also was very passionate about the program, and that still is true to this day. Because even though I was only an employee there for three years, uh, I have stayed very intimately involved with the program ever since. And I'm glad you did. Uh, I think the program has benefited from it. John eventually winds up being on the board of trustees for the program and also on the national advisory board. Uh, now, when you left there, did you go immediately to Haggerty? Yes. Yep. That was uh, my next step. So I was, I worked for McPherson college for three years to the day. And then it was a position that opened up at Haggerty. So how I became connected with Haggerty, I first met Nikhil Haggerty when I was a student at McPherson college. He, he is a founding member of the National Advisory Board, which was established in 1997. And I think he's a longest serving member to this day. Um, but so I got to know, I knew him when I was a student. I was always impressed by him. He is one of the best speakers, public presenters you could ever be in front of. And then when I worked for the college, I got a chance to to get to know him a little better. And just one thing led to another over the course of a year, year and a half about as, as they were in a rapid growth period, he said, I want to bring a car guy into uh, our PR department. At the time, they had one person who was a uh, half-time ad buyer, half-time PR strategist that worked with an outside agency. That person uh, had no background or passion towards classic cars. And he said, I want to bring in a car guy to help with his PR strategy. So once again, I was faced with the decision that Keep in mind, I went to school to work on cars. I had dreams to restore cars. That's what I wanted to do with work with my hands on a daily basis and professionally. And we're going to get to that. Not, and here is now a second uh, job slash career opportunity in front of me that is not hands on. And I even said, "Wow, PR! I I don't have any training or background in PR." And 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 McKeel's response was. Um, that doesn't matter. And <laughs> I, I, I want uh, I, I, I want you as a passionate car guy. You can learn the PR stuff. And by the way, you've been doing PR for the college. You just haven't realized it. And, nice. Uh, so that was eleven years ago now. Eleven years ago last month. And so all right. It's, it, and when when I started at Haggerty, there was uh, a little over three hundred employees, and this year we crossed the thousand employee mark. So wow, there's been tremendous growth in the time that I've been there. And from what I understand, you're still growing too. Uh, I just read an article uh, that you're looking to, or that Haggerty's looking to hire another hundred uh, people and a lot of millennials uh, getting in uh, the younger people and igniting the same passion that we have for them. And we're going to need those young people because we're going to be old and won't be able to do the work on the cars anymore. So for the love of God, get them in. Going to be old. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I still think I'm pretty. Now, what was the, uh, okay, so you had all this skill that you learned at McPherson and you're a hands-on kind of guy. What was the, your first love? What was that first classic car that you restored or that you at oh, least gosh. worked on to get rolling? Well, it actually, before cars, it started with tractors. So, again, with my farming background, um, was was around a lot of antique tractors. My one grandpa, who's still living, he's 88, uh, the first tractor that he bought brand new was a 1951 John Deere Model A. He still has it. Um, so it actually started with, uh, vintage tractors that morphed into cars. Um, the first car that came into my life, old car, this was when I was in eighth grade, 1964 Electra 225, uh, two door hard top, white with red. Oh, oh, that's, that's one of your ilk. Yeah. 
Brett knows this car. He's seen it. Uh, <laughs> that it, makes my teeth ache. I had it with me out in Kansas, so I still have it with me now. And so that that's the car that I credit that, that got me into this whole mess of old cars because I just, I liked anything mechanical. And and then that just happened to be another mechanical thing that was fun to work on and I learned from. And What was under and, the hood on uh, that? Was it a 425 or? That's uh well, it's called the Wildcat 445. It's Whoa. 401. It's a 401 cubic inch. Uh, the four, the Wildcat 455 was the 425 cubic inch nail. Okay. Head. So it's got a 401 nail head, a four barrel carburetor. Uh, and you're you're eight, you're in eighth grade, and you're working on this. Did you get to drive it around the farm, or did you have that 14 year old uh, uh, learner's you know farmer's uh, kid license? And go turn around. I, de- it? I I definitely drove it on country roads before I was legal. <laughs> I tell Good you that. man. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we we've got a great story about another car that you drove for a year that is just fascinating, and I can't wait to hear about that. Right now, we've got Jonathan Klinger from uh, the VP of Public Relations with Haggerty, the people who make sure that your uh, classic cars, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, are safe and insured. And we'll be right back to talk more on. Road Muscle Radio. And we're back with Road Muscle Radio. I am Mark Catfish Groves, along with Brett Hatfield. Now, don't forget, Brett's a freelance auto journalist. He's an auto auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and the American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, owner of a sweet 60 Corvette and a hot 61 Impala. Now, I've been in radio for 30-some years, and I love big, fat, heavy 60s cruisers. If it's metal and comes with a zip code, it's on your radar. <laughs> Dude, the, the only thing that keeps me from buying a tank is the fact that it's hard to replace the tracks. <laughs> now, our special guest right now is Jonathan Klinger, VP of Public Relations with Haggerty. Jonathan, uh, we were talking... Jonathan, hell, John, we were talking about uh, uh, cars you'd restored and your Buick before we took off. What in God's name possessed you to drive a 1930 Model A for a year? A year? A year. A year A year in northern Michigan. A, a, <laughs> northern Michigan winters. <laughs> wow. For punishment. Yeah. What, what sins did you pay off? What were you thinking? Did you lose a bet? You know, I don't... For some reason, driving an old car for a year, including through the winter, was something I fantasized about for... A number of years, and I don't know why. And no, I'm I'm I with was, you. I get it. I'm hell. I I drove the old Corvette in today. I've there's been, a difference between a 1930 Ford and a Corvette. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So so it, it's t- it was just a thought I kept on the back of my mind for a while, and then every time I would he- be at a different event and admire a gorgeous vehicle, whatever it may be. And every once in a while you would come across the vehicle that uh, the owner has restored it or had it restored, has owned it for a lot of years. It looks flawless. And all that car does is sit in the garage and get rolled on the trailer and get rolled off the trailer and then rolled back on the trailer and taken back home. And to me, cars are happiest when they're driven and we they as need humans to be are driven. happiest. And we as humans are happiest when we're driving the cars. 
And so I just thought, you know what, I need to do this. I need to do this to prove a point that old cars can be driven, they are reliable, and then also, contrary to what an outsider might think based on the different television shows and a lot of the media reporting, is you don't necessarily have to have a six-figure disposable checkbook to buy to get into the old car hobby. And so that was kind of the premise that led up to this. And so it's like, okay, if I'm going to select a car to drive for a year to prove the point that they should be driven, they are reliable and, and also very affordable, it's got to be something that is going to be viewed as a hardship by most people. Because if I just took your 60 Corvette or a 66 Mustang or whatever, drove it every day, every day for a year, people are like, okay, big deal. You're driving a really cool car. Congratulations. But I'm like, okay, it's got to be a car that's perceived as a hardship. I'm crushed. So that led me. That <laughs> led me to a 1930 Model A two-door sedan, and founded in. Uh, it was uh, in Indiana. Founded on a Craigslist classified listing, and paid eleven thousand dollars for it. And the original idea was: this is something I was going to do on my own. I was going to buy the car, drive it for a year, then sell it a year later. And and it was just something I was going to do to kind of prove a point. Um, but I here's the kicker. I started talking about it every once in a while. I'd say, you know, I got this idea. I'm going to get, a, get an old car driver for a year. And most people would have the same reaction you did. Why? Why would you want to do that? And I would say it. And and one time I was having lunch with Nikhil Haggerty, the, the CEO of Haggerty. And he said, really? You, you want to do that? And, and I said, yeah, I would do that. And he kind of called my bluff. And he said, you're not going to do that. And I, and I went home like, okay, I got to do it. <laughs> and, uh, and so one thing led to the next. I found the car and uh, acquired it and then decided to turn, okay, if you're really do this, um, actually it was McKeel that encouraged me. He said, you need to do a blog. You need to blog your experience and share it with everybody else. So that um, is what resulted in the 365 days of a blog. I, I blogged every single day and and it gained a lot of traction. And, and by the end of it, with no paid promotion, no boosting on social media, I mean, it was before you could do that on social media, um, it was averaging about 20,000 uniques a month for wow. my little blog. Nice. The end. So, and, and it was... That's a heck of a was it, Yeah, it was in the New York Times two different times. And a lot of other publications wrote about this crazy guy, this 29-year-old, because I did it before I turned 30, uh, that... Uh, drove this Model A every day for a year. So, yeah, I put 17,000 miles on it that year. Now, was that one of the big, long Model A's, or was it kind of that, that shorter, cabbed, uh, you know, green acres-looking kind of Model A? Well, a Model A is, they made a mo- Ford made the Model A from 1928 to 31, and uh, to the average viewer, they all look the same from the front end, and they're basically <laughs> on the same chassis. They're on the same chassis. There's different body styles. What I had was a two-door sedan, so it was two doors, but had a full rear seat. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. it was not because you could get roadsters, you could yeah, get the rumble seat, rumble seat, yeah. and all of that. I, I didn't want something as stodgy as a, a four-door sedan um, from a look standpoint, but the two-door sedan had a had a nice look to it, but also had a full back seat as far from a really just a luggage and cargo capacity yeah, you standpoint. Got- we have inside luggage now. We don't have the same, you know, trunks that <laughs> exactly. strap on. And, and honestly, if I had to do it over again to drive every day for a year, I would go for the four-door sedan just from the practicality standpoint. Because I, 
I, uh, I I loaded my groceries through. I would roll down the rear window and I loaded them through the window into the back seat. Yeah, but you were young. You wanted a two door. You still had to have That's the crew right. with it. That's right. That's and it. and the whole idea of selling the car when I was done, yeah, that didn't happen. I I, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't get rid of that car after uh, spending a year together. So, so yeah, is it still in car, your garage? That uh, <laughs> you know, so something built? funny. It it actually lives in the Haggerty garage because uh, this is something I'm very proud of. It gets used twice a week uh, in the summer months we put on a program for our employees where we teach uh, employees who don't already know how we teach them how to drive manual transmission a stick in, a shift. Yeah. In, in a variety of vehicles. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and quite honestly, half the people that sign up for it, they can drive a manual, but it just gives them a chance to drive some pretty cool cars. So yeah. that model a is one of the vehicles used in that. So to this date, it has now exceeded 600 people have been, Behind the steering wheel of that car, that's learning awesome. how to drive a manual transmission. So, and it's the same clutch that I put seventeen thousand miles on. And so, what? if anyone ever tells me I don't want to teach someone how to drive a manual transmission because it'll hurt my car, I'm going to call their bluff on that because clutches can handle it. That's awesome. Haggerty does a lot more than just insure cars. They track uh, trends as far as the collector car market is concerned. They, uh, they have, if you go to Haggerty and you look up any particular car, they'll show you what the pricing trends for that car have been, where it's going, what it's been doing, everything else. I'm kind of curious, you've got your toe in this pool, John. What do you think the current market trends are for the collector car world? Well, as far as I'm concerned, it's, and from what we see, the collector car world as a whole has a very positive long-term outlook. Um, yet everything is cyclical, uh, and we could do we could spend multiple episodes diving into the depths of the market. Oh, we're bringing and you course, back. <laughs> and, and of course, you know you work with with uh, Keith at Sports Car Market, and, and you know they have a, a wealth of insight as well. Um, but what we're the biggest trend we're seeing now. And yeah. the biggest growth areas is in uh, the entry level of the market. So, you know, set aside the fact that we're about to go out to Monterey, California in a couple of weeks. And you should see the where, look on Catfish's face right now. He's going yeah, nuts because he's an entry level. And, 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 and this is where, and, and this is where, of course, Monterey, this is when the world's greatest cars come to public auction. This year, there's a, a Ferrari GTO being offered that that'll be in the 40 to $50 million range. And of course, that's what's going to steal all the headlines. Right. But make no mistake, what drives this community and what allows what we call either a hobby or industry to thrive is the $35,000 and less automobile collector car. Catfish just and, took out his wallet and started counting bills. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and what's honestly really kind of cool to see is the younger people that are getting to the point into collecting and, and what they're collecting. And so there was a lot of, there was a long time when anything made from the, in the, during the seventies, certainly the eighties and a lot of the nineties, uh, seasoned veteran car enthusiasts just dismissed them as they'll never be collectible and never be desirable. And that's what kept, uh, European sports cars from the fifties and sixties, uh, as high as they were. That's what drove the, 
the interest in one of the things that drove the interest in, in muscle car prices uh, for so many years. But you're starting to see vehicles from the 80s and 90s and 2000s uh, pop up in the enthusiast side of the automotive industry. And a lot of them are still incredibly affordable, which is awesome because it's getting a, giving a lot of people a chance to get into the passionate side of the car industry. And that will then lead them on to bigger and better things as they advance through their careers and their lives and they're able to do more with what they want with their automotive passion. Well, I'm still waiting for that 96 Ford Taurus to, uh, <laughs> to just skyrocket. I'll tell you what, you get a 96 Ford Taurus with that V8 V8. SHO motor that uh, is well-preserved, so, so that'll have desire on it someday. It needs to be back in the garage with all the dirt on it, like all these barn finds you've been finding. That's you know? right. That's right. Thanks so much for coming on the show. We wish we had more time because there's so much more stuff to cover, but we'll take give you another stab at it. Yeah, all right. Well, everybody, have fun driving your cars. Take someone for a ride, and better yet, let them drive it. Absolutely. <laughs> John, thanks a ton. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Brett. Coming up next, we will check out Exit Lane Live and all the car events that are happening around Kansas City on Road Muscle Radio. back with road muscle radio that was a great interview that guy knows a lot and has done a lot there's he's john has been all over and he uh he's one of those people that when i don't know it he's one of my buddies that i wind up asking because he'll know you know three times more than i do it's kind of embarrassing how much that guy knows you know i'm trying to imagine driving a, a model a a 1930 model a when it's cold well, in, and in Michigan, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it, it's, he's hardcore, man. He's he's tougher than woodpecker lips. Well, you know, in the heater, you just you get through the metal and put your hands on the engine because what else you got? I mean, oh, uh, that's that's that is cool. He made up his mind to do it, and he did it. You know, the other thing that gets me about him is that guy has run some marathons. I wouldn't run if you were chasing me and you were on fire. <laughs> well, you know, when they put out fresh steak at the Golden Corral. Uh, okay. maybe, 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 maybe. I maybe. could set some land speed records if it's good. Are there mushrooms? I'll go for the mushrooms. <laughs> Just get out my way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a very cool guy, and that was a lot of fun. So now it's time to find out what's going on around town. Get it on the schedule for getting on the road. Check out these car events across Kansas City in Exit Lane Live. Okay, well, I've been talking about this for weeks, and I can't let it go, and I know it's not in town, but it's <laughs> it's the thing I look – one of the things I look forward to all year, Monterey Car Week, August ah, 19th yes. through the 27th. There's so much stuff going well, on everybody's there. Everybody's talking about it. All, all the websites that I've been to, every place, the classic car news, collector car news, this and that, it's all about Monterey. I've been threatening to take you for a long time. You're not weaseling on me next year. <laughs> I'm dragging you out there. You're 2019, gonna, here we come. You're going to see why I can't shut up about this. We've got unbelievable auctions, shows. There's even a show out there called The Little Car Show, and it's it's dedicated to micro and mini cars. Little Messer Schmitz and BMW Assettas <laughs> and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, oh, little, those BMW. Oh. Little tiny cars, little Crosleys. 
Uh, where you, the whole front of the car opens and you step the, into the, the little Aceta, bench. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I love those. Step in and turn They're around. They're absurd. Yeah, well, you and I wouldn't fit in it. But well, What I'm afraid of is with a guy of my girth in there, you hit the brakes, is it just going to boom, ka-dunk, 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 and, and roll forward? And the, engine, the engine's in the back. It offsets. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> but but your, your feet are in front of the front Put axle. Put the drums in the front and the discs in the rear because oh. those brakes can mess me up. <laughs> uh, also, lots of sales going on out there. Russo and Steel, RM Sotheby's, Bonham's, Gooding, Meekum, Pebble Beach Concours d'Elegance is happening. The Ugh. Quail Lodge Motorsports Gathering. Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion at Laguna Seca. There's so much stuff going on. It's kind of like the Olympics for collector car stuff. I read about some of the auctions that are happening, and I just uh, the the breadth and depth of vehicles being put up on the block. I just oh, it's, it's jaw dropping. And and in addition to which, you're in Monterey. I mean, it's, yeah, it's so pretty. It's I've the been Central there. Coast. It's gorgeous. Oh, it's beautiful. I went to Cannery Row, went to the Monterey uh, uh, Aquarium, which is amazing. That's and, a block from Russo and Steel. Oh, geez. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. We, I might have to do this. Yeah, real tough assignment. You're I'll be out there with go. the seals clapping at the cart. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring you a ball to balance on your nose. <laughs> I'll, make, I'll make beer money. Um, one of the things I love that's coming up, um, is Labor Day weekend. And we've talked a little bit about it before, and I put a thing on Facebook, uh, Greaserama. Oh, we're going. We're definitely going to that. This, uh, it's just, they describe themselves as the Midwest original punk rock car show. It is, it's a heck of a show in all the ways that a show can be a show. It's at the Platte County Fairgrounds in Tracy, Missouri. It's, uh, uh September 1st and 2nd, the Saturday and Sunday of Labor Day weekend. And the thing is, they're pretty meticulous about, now, I say that they're meticulous about cars that could win awards. Sure. So if you, if you want to enter to be able to win an award, uh, your vehicle needs to be 64 and older rods and customs, 72 and older trucks, wagons, commercial vehicles. They take old school low riders, cycles and scooters. There's no gas alter- alternate power and or the no gas alternate power and bicycle section. So there's one little thing, bikes, you know, bicycles. Cool. Uh, but they don't do exceptions. There's no high tech, no muscle cars, no billet. Uh, oh. That's if you want to be in in the part where you can win awards from them. Now they do, you know, if you have some cool vehicle that you've done whatever to between welding two pieces of rust together and putting a huge engine in it, all the way up to oh my god, that's amazing chrome. You can take those in there. Okay, it's just to be part of a contest. Okay, we'll roll the sixty one and pal up there. It ain't winning anything, but it looks too it's, cool not to. Dude, take. you'll get lots of people to stop by, chat, and talk, and that's one of the wonderful things about it. I think I mentioned it in our first show. Uh, at Greaserama, when you watch some old dude, 200 years old, who's bent over the uh, the hoods up, bent over the engine bay, and he and some another guy with enough metal piercings in his face to build a Yugo. Yeah, it looks like he th- fell down the stairs carrying a tackle box. Yeah! <laughs> and they're speaking the same language. They're just totally connected. And That's I'm like, this is so cool. Car guy. Now, there's also a huge car parts swap meet. There's vendors of all kinds uh, with rockabilly looking stuff. He cave and she garage decor clothing. Oh, by the way, there's going to be a, a horror writer out there with his uh, books, one of which is called Route 666, Four in the Floor. That guy might be me. Look for my own tent. I'll be out there. Another so, reason I'm going. Chill in the killing. <laughs> It's noon to midnight on Saturday and then noon to sundown on Sunday. $25 pre-registration for your vehicles. Now, if you pre-reg, awesome goodie bags, and you get to have a passenger. $30 day of show, but you don't get the goodie bag. You get to bring a passenger. Spectators, 10 bucks. Kids, 12 and under free. <sighs> if you need info, it's greaserama.com, just like it sounds. Greaserama, 
com. And if you haven't hit this show, it is a must-see. You really ought to go. It's worth the drive. It is, it's insane that the acres and acres and acres of vehicles and the, the breadth and depth from stuff like your car, Magnificent Cars, they do have a section where they have uh, rods that are in a garage and they've got them, you know, roped off so you don't touch all the way down to things that I, I don't understand how a license plate was allowed to be put on it. But you and I have seen some very cool rat rod stuff. That one some, lady with that, that oh, yeah, 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 yeah. lower <laughs> thing with the thing and the weld. and the. we got to track her down again. She we was track awesome. Her down. I, I, I do cool. want to hear her story because that car was in, it was insane. All right. Uh, one other thing, another must hit. Uh, do not miss this. It's coming up. The American Royal Barbecue Car Show yes. Saturday, September 15th from 11 to 3.30 at the Kansas Speedway, 400 Speedway Boulevard in Kansas City, Kansas. We talked about this. If you live in Kansas City, you got to love barbecue, baby. And this is where all of the best barbecue is going to be. Throw in that you can go see a car show with unbelievable cars out. Uh, you know, go out, try the barbecue. While you're licking the sauce off your fingers, go around and don't touch anybody's car. But get an eyeball. And it's also great if you've got wife, kids, you want to oh, yeah. cut them loose, go do all the other stuff they've got going on there. Give you a little time to check out the cars around the speedway. going to be a great event. That's what I love about these kind of events is that the, there's so much going on. Uh, I love to walk by. I love to look under the hoods, et cetera, check out. And I love talking to people about their vehicles because there's so many cool stories that you end up finding about, about my grandfather had it and it got parked behind the barn and it was left there for 30 years, yada, yada. And look at you, Sparky. You oh, got yeah. it running and here you are. And that guy is 70 years old and it was his grandfather. I just, I love the stories. And then. With one like you're talking about, you've got uh, the stuff for the kids. The whole family can enjoy it. Well, and this will be another one where I, well, uh, where I try to find a way to weasel my way into this thing. <laughs> I don't know if they'll have me. But yeah, I'm you sure. might have a free ticket. I uh, want a free well, ticket. Ain't I cool? I got a neat car. <laughs> well, there, uh, and then I'll just real quick hit, because I did talk about this last week. Uh, the Kansas City Automotive Museum's Cruzium Poker Run yes. is happening on the 25th. Uh, this month, August 25th, at 4 p.m. to 6.30 p.m., uh, $25 registration fee. Check it out at KansasCityAutoMuseum.com. And great stuff going on. We'll have more listings on the webpage and on Facebook. Be sure to check us out there. We are at RoadMuscleRadio.com. And you've got places where you write. Also at www.ReadTheDriven.com. Check out The Driven on Facebook. Also Gearheads Garage on Facebook. Our page on Facebook. And thegentsblog.com. If you know of some cool cars or cool events that are going on out there, please send us an email. Driver at RoadMuscleRadio.com. Driver at RoadMuscleRadio.com. We would love to talk to you. We would love to talk about the stuff you've got going on. Thank you once again for listening. We've had a lot of fun. More stuff, good stuff coming up down the road on Road Muscle Radio. Radio.